Good morning. You can't go uh, by this week without discussing some of the prophecies of Bilam. Um, some of the most beautiful things that he says. Prophecies about Mashiach's times and prophecies about the Jewish people in general. And like we mentioned earlier this week, how fascinating it is that some of the greatest praises comes out of the mouth of Bilam, the one who wanted to curse the Jewish people. Um, so we'll, we'll focus on one verse which is one of the most famous verses in Judaism because it became part of our liturgy. It's something that we say every single day. We say, we open our prayers with it. We open the Tfilas HaShachar with it. It's Matoivu Ayalacha Yaakov Mishkanesach Yisrael Everyone knows it from when you were a little kid. So let's, let's uh, discuss this Pasuk a little. We'll discuss the uh, basic, simple meaning, and we'll discuss a bit of a mystical meaning and uh, take something practical out of it. Um, the most basic, it's even the halacha that we learn out based on this Pasuk. There's a halacha brought down that when you're, you're building different houses, different types of structures, um, to make sure that you're the, the opening to your house doesn't look right into the opening of someone else's house. To make sure that even windows or different things, hilcheshkenim, um, doesn't, doesn't look right into someone else's house. They, so they should have privacy. Everyone uh, deserves their own privacy. And we learned it out from right here. What did Bilam say? He said, How good are your tents, Jacob, referring to the Jewish people. Your dwelling places, Yisrael, again, referring to the Jewish people. And like, I think even Rashi brings it, and it's brought down in the Gemara and Halacha, that what he was talking about, he was referring to the way he saw them living together. He saw them camping in the desert. And he saw that the way they camped, the way they had their tents set up, was that each tent, the opening to the tent, was not directly across the opening to the opposite tent. It was a bit on the side, a bit away from it. This way, each person, when they would open their door, or the door would be open, you would not be able to see in when you were in, your, when you were in another tent. You would be seeing the side, you would be seeing the wall of the tent. You wouldn't be seeing directly in. And he was, he was very impressed and very taken aback. And it says, he saw, um, when he started the prophecy, he saw how they were shaykhin l'shvatav, I think. He saw how they were camping. He saw how they were living. And he was very taken aback by it, how modest they were. And their, their level of tzniyas, of modesty, that they, were, they took every precaution, even in a way they simply set up their temporary tent in the desert. Right? It was a camping site. But even in the way they sent up their temporary camping site, they did it in a way not intruding on someone else's privacy. So that in itself is a fascinating thing and a beautiful thing. And that in itself we can sit and talk about for, for a whole year about uh, not looking into other people's lives, right? It's a very important thing that, uh, so to speak, uh, and even though we say that you're supposed to rebuke another Jew, you're supposed to help another Jew, give them a constructive criticism, at the same time, you got to keep your space, keep your distance. You got to let them have their own life as part of the, our nature, the way God created us, the autonomy, being able to make our own decisions. It's, it's supposed to be like that. God wants it to be like that. You have to encourage, inspire someone, but not control them, not intrude on them. Okay, but that's a, a separate thing. Let's discuss in this Pasuk, a beautiful shot based on the Balshemtiv's teachings, and as follows: beginning with in the pasuk we find that it mentions, and we find this in many pesukim, and it's, each pasuk it's fascinating to analyze this pasuk based on the same mahalach, based on the same train of thought. 
we find mentioned, mentioning, referring to the Jewish people with two different terms, Yaakov and Yisrael. Right? These two terms, referring to the Jewish people, either Yaakov, Jacob, or Yisrael, Israel, um, are, what's the origin of these two terms? They are both two different names of Yaakov. Right? Because we know that we're all Bnei Avram, but we're not the only Bnei Avram. Avram also had his son Yishmael. We're all Bnei Yitzchak, but we're not all Bnei Yitzchak. Because Yitzchak had his son Esav. But we're all Bnei Yaakov. And no one else takes part in Yaakov's descendants. We're, we're uniquely, Yaakov is uniquely our father, <coughs> our ancestor, as opposed to Yitzchak and Avram. And therefore we call this Bnei Yisrael. I'm Bnei Yaakov. But th- th- these are two terms that we use, Yaakov and Yisrael. Now, what happened, just the background in these names, um, is that Yaakov was called Yaakov when he was born. And the reason why he was called Yaakov, it says, he held on the heel of Esav, right? Esav came out first, and he was holding on to the heel um, of Esav, trying to make his way out. So because of that, he got the name Yaakov. Coming from the word Ekev, Ekev means the word heel. Ekev is a heel. How did he get the name Yisrael? It was many years later, when he was on his way to meet Esav, Right? He knew Esav wanted to kill him, so he ran away after he stole the blessings. Eventually, he returned back, and he wanted to meet with Esav. Before he met with Esav, he was confronted by Esav's angel, Sarshal Esav, Esav's angel. And he fought with Esav's angel, right? On the other side of the river, the whole story by Yavasar Yaakov Levade, the song, the beautiful song of Shleimel. <laughs> um, and the, and uh, what happened was, he fought with the angel, and he won. The angel hit him in the thigh, the Gidanasha, why we don't need it. But he won, and the angel gave him this name. The name the angel gave him was Yisrael, and he said, Why? Because you were able to overpower, uh, from the word Sar, right? Yisrael has Sar in it. Um, you were able to overpower the Sarisa Imalekim with godly um, entities, such as an angel. You were able to overpower them. That's how powerful you are, you are. So he gave him that name based on his power. Now, interestingly, if you look not so back in history before that, Avram, the same thing happened to. Avram was also given two names. He was first called Avram, and after he had a brismila, he was then called Avraham, given a hate to his name. But there's a difference. Avraham, we're cheering you on. But there's a difference. Because Avram and Avraham, the Torah actually calls it an Isser, that you cannot, you, after, once his name is called Avraham, you can no longer refer to him as Avraham. His name became Avraham. And that's its own discussion. But Yaakov and Yisrael, we find, the name was changed. But, we're still able to refer, not only we, we do, the Torah continues referring uh-huh. to Yaakov with both names. Yaakov and Yisrael. So this is really a discussion for Parshas Vayishlach. Uh, um, but uh, very briefly, because it's, it's relevant to this Pasuk, Matei Valech Yaakov, I want to go through it. What's the, what's the reason why by Yaakov we find such an interesting thing where his name was changed and for a positive reason, just like Avram, giving him more power, Yisrael is more powerful than Yaakov, but nevertheless, we still not only are allowed to, the Torah intentionally continues to refer to Yaakov with both names. The difference between the, between the two names are obvious in the name. Like we said, Yaakov refers to holding on to the heel, Yisrael refers to overpowering. Not only overpowering, in the word Yisrael, we can divide it into Li Roish, which refers to the head. So we have the heel and the head, two completely different parts of the body. 
And so different, the heel is known to be the most dead part of the body. The skin under the heel is the most driest skin on a person's body. And the head is the most valuable part of the person. Two completely different parts of the person. And they represent two areas in the Jew's life. We won't go into the Avram part, but the way um, the Chassidus and Kabbalah explains it, the reason why we can no longer refer to Avram as Avram is because the method of serving God, so to speak, in the way of Avram, no longer existed after his name was changed to Avraham. The messages from Avram are no longer practical to a Jew. But Yaakov and Yisrael, we keep both names because the messages of each name, Yaakov and Yisrael, are both relevant to a Jew every single day. What are these two parts of a Jew's life, Yaakov and Yisrael? Yaakov and Yisrael are, the, could be two types of Jews, the two parts of a Jew's day. It's when a person, is, his relationship with God is from, his, in the way of brain, of mind, where his mind's all there, um, he's fully involved, or Yaakov, heel, is where he's not so involved. It's only with the heel. It's only with an external part of the person where he's not um, enjoying and, uh, and really um, thriving in his relationship. It's more of an active, of, a, uh, of an obedient, of just doing what he's supposed to do, even though he doesn't feel it. That's the very general difference between Yaakov and Yisrael. And the difference between the heel and the head. And this is, there's different types of Jews. You have a Jew that his entire day he's spending sitting and learning and davening. And he feels it all day. He's involved in holy things. He's involved in holy work. Clearly, Kodesh. And he feels it. He's always in the moment. And not only a Jew which is profession, so to speak, which he learns, but even someone that by nature, or by working on himself, or someone that's a tzaddik, that their entire day, their entire life, they're continuously and constantly feeling it. They're, they're always involved and feeling the moment, and feeling their relationship with God. That's someone that's a Yisrael person. A Yaakov person is someone that doesn't live that type of life. It could be even someone that learns all day, even someone that davens, but they're not always feeling it. And especially someone that doesn't clearly, in an open way, do kaidish, holy things. They deal with the world. And dealing with the world is holy, but not so obvious as learning a davening. And therefore, such a person, it, it's very hard and very difficult to always feel it. To always feel like in every step and everything that they're doing in their office, in their home, in their family, and in life, is holy. It's hard to feel that when you get sick and you take them to the doctor, there's something holy in it. It's hard to feel that when you get your bill in the mail and you have to pay your electric or your, or your mortgage, that it's something holy. Um, but so it's all these, all these things, this is the typical life of a person, of a human being in this world, of a Jew in this world. And that's the Yaakov part of a person, where it's more on the heel, the dead skin, where it's not so, we don't feel it. It's not so clear, not so obvious. Now I want to go to the Pasuk, Matevo Yalach Yaakov Meshkanisach Yisrael. Just like we have the two names Yaakov and Yisrael, that also uses two words when referencing the living conditions of a Jew. One of them is Oyhalecha, your tent, and the other one is Mishkan Yisrael, your dwelling places. There's a difference between them. A very simple difference. Oyel, a tent, is very temporary. It's something which you travel with. You go camping. A tent is something which is not a permanent structure. Mishkan Yisrael, your dwelling places, is a permanent structure. It's actual living quarters. A place that doesn't get taken down and, and put back up every day or, or every week. It's something which is there for, forever, so to speak. So these are two completely different, different types of living conditions. And we associate with Yaakov and Mishkan with Yisrael. And here's a beautiful um, idea in it. 
Because someone that lives a life of Yaakov, let's start with Yisrael. Someone that lives a life of Yisrael, that they're constantly, continuously feeling and involved with their godly relationship, and every part of their life they see it, it's obvious to them. Such a person, the, the home that they create inside of themselves for godliness, for Hashem, is a Mishkan Nesachah, is a permanent one. Where it's always there. It's a permanent structure because in every part of their day, every part of their life, God is there. God is, it's alive. It's felt. He's feeling it. Someone that lives a life of Yaakov, it's more Oyalecha. It's Oyalecha, it's temporary. It's not as permanent. Because it can be for five minutes that in the middle of his business, ten minutes, he stops the Dava Mincha in the winter where it's like that, more like that. In the summer we have more time before Mincha Mairev. But uh, we know Mincha is the holiest prayer of the day and because you're stopping in the middle of your work day to, to daven or you stop by a lunch break to open up a safer and learn a little. It's temporary. It's moments throughout the day where you try to infuse and try to put into your day and sprinkle within it things which are holy to give you energy to, to stay connected and stay focused on doing everything for God. So it's because it's sprinkled throughout the day it's more temporary. And it may not be every day. It may be once a week. On Shabbos, when a person then feels a full, a completely holy day, but the rest of the week doesn't feel so holy. It's more temporary. Now, so we understand, Oyelech is connected to Yaakov, because it's that type of Jew. It's more temporary, like a tent. Yisrael is Mishkanah here's, here's the beautiful. We say this every day. You can think about this when you say this every day from now on. What's, the, what's, the, what's Bilam saying here? He was praising the Jewish people. You would think... Which one is more praiseworthy? But he doesn't start with that. And then, Which one is more cherished? Is more praiseworthy? Is more loved by God? Then, The Jew which doesn't feel it at every moment. The Jew which has to deal with the world, has to deal with worldly things and can't experience the permanent structure of God in his life, it's more, it feels more temporary to him, that's more praiseworthy. And that comes first. Why? Because God put us in the world to make everything holy. To take the world and make it a holy place. It's no, it's nishken chachma, like we say, nishken kuntz. It's nothing, it's not a, it doesn't take skill for someone that is, is constantly on fire to say, oh, God is living inside of them. Of course, they have a permanent structure. It's always there. Someone which is not always experiencing it. It doesn't always feel it. It's more temporary for such a person in their life to still bring godliness in it and to still feel it. And even if it may be temporary, maybe a few minutes a day, maybe once a week, even for them to do it, that is accomplishing the reason why God created the world and put us here. Quality is quantity. Yeah? And this is beautiful. When you say it to the next time, you'll think about it. And it doesn't mean Yisrael is not good. It's something we have to aspire to. But this is, when we get into the details of the world and the nitty gritty and details of life, this is when we're doing what, fulfilling the purpose of why we were put here. Yes.